Thank you for joining us again on another Rebuilding the Black Family. This is a great episode, a great program we have for you today. Thanks for joining us. You know, one of the things I've uh, had to learn was to listen, uh, to appreciate, to learn from the experiences of other people. And some of that meant um, learning from negative experiences that I maybe didn't like or was uncomfortable. Um, It meant not dismissing individuals or people that I didn't want to hear or like hearing. And so uh, we've got a good program here today. That's going to maybe touch on some of that today, David. And so um, um, we're going to tune into that. So, David, let's take it away. You know, that's that's a nice uh, you know, introduction into what we're going to be speaking about today, Carl, um, in that we're speaking about the true colors, mm-hmm. as I would say, of the pandemic. I want to say that the again, true the true colors, colors of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of a double entendre mm-hmm. there, and people mm-hmm. will see what I mean. Um, but I think what we could do to start off, I want to start off with that article that you had been to- mm-hmm. telling me about mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. I think would be a nice segue into our conversation yeah, today. Thank you. So in late 2020 so mm-hmm. november the and, and the first part of december in the height of the pandemic yep there was an headline i read and i believe it would be familiar to many of our viewers and it uh, chronic mm-hmm. or it outlined it said this black doctor dies of covid19 after complaining of racist treatment hmm. and it was a, a doctor wow. in indiana black doctor a, a black doctor and it quote it says the quote says he made me feel like a drug addict dr susan moore said accusing a white doctor of downplaying her complaints of pain mm-hmm. and suggesting she should be discharged mm-hmm. and further on down just part of the article not the entire one after dr moore 52 claimed uh, excuse me complained about her treatment she received care that she said adequately treated her pain mm-hmm. she was eventually sent home and on sunday just more than two weeks after posting the video dr moore died of complications from covid19 <laughs> said her son henry Muhammad. And um, so it's a it's a the there's a conclusion, you know, of the article is the unfortunate um, thing that it's not an uncommon experience. Yeah. And and so why this is important, it's it's again, it's part of my self admission that I had to learn that just because something wasn't my experience Mm -hmm. didn't make another person's experience invalid or any less real. Yep. But can you imagine, David, and then we'll continue, you can speak to this. Yeah. Can you imagine this is a medical doctor? Yep. Medical doctor in Indiana. Done a residency and everything. Going yep. into, she now needs treatment mm-hmm. from COVID-19. Of course. And knows usually maybe what the protocols are. Yep. You know, what should be, what you do before you send someone home, if you do send them home. Yep. And can you imagine, because she, she actually posted <coughs> videos of her treatment and actually yeah. chronicled her treatment. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure she wasn't planning on dying. No. Do you see what I'm saying? And so no. a part of why this was brought out was was the fact that she was a doctor. Yes. But it also showed the disparity of treatment. Mm-hmm. The a racial co- disparity. Colors. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so um, let's pick up on that today. When you talked about the title of today's program, true the episode colors. is uh, The True Colors of the pandemic very good 
you know, I have to say, um, with this pandemic, with this virus, COVID-19 virus, you know, it's now, you know, 2022. Um, and I, I guess one could say we're, we, we, we've either come out of it or we're slowly coming out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but up until this point, I have to say it was confusing as to what we as black people, where our stance was when it came to this virus, right? Mm -hmm. Black doctor mm -hmm. or black frontline worker or a black person on welfare, whomever, black person in general across the spectrum. It was very confusing because when you hear, you know, stories like this, where this black doctor died of COVID-19 complications, it validates the data that demonstrates that black people are disproportionately affected mm -hmm. by COVID-19. But on the flip side, and you have some black people both in the States as well as in Canada, as well as in um, the UK, mm -hmm. throughout the Western Hemisphere, and even some arguably in the Caribbean, for instance, and in Africa, who would look at that situation and think, well, that's a one-off. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. well, black we as black people, we aren't affected by COVID. I mean, I don't know if you remember, mm -hmm. there, was, about, yeah. there was this idea that I uh, that at least was yep. brought to my attention that the first yeah. well yeah it, it, the exactly first part of the and the first part of it was yeah. oh no black people can't get that mm -hmm. a virus because for one people thought it was more so a Chinese virus mm -hmm. quote unquote for lack mm -hmm. of a better word right because it came out of China then people thought it was a you know a whiter European virus people weren't thinking people thought black people were immune to it mm -hmm. so then you have people who have that school of thought who would look at this story and would think oh well she's an exception to the rule mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. well they mm -hmm. would think this COVID nineteen uh, phenomenon mm -hmm. is a hoax. Mm -hmm. So this is the this is the challenge with the with the pandemic, and I call it the true colors of the pandemic because I think it created extreme polarization in our community, mm -hmm. not only in our society, but if we focus on our community, mm -hmm. it created extreme mm -hmm. polarization, and it all maintains uh, the divide and conquer tactic mm -hmm. of European racism. This is why I call it the true colors of the pandemic because what came out of it was not essentially really much that was productive for our advancement. A lot of it was just maintained division. And so when I hear this story, I just think about how it could be taken in so many different ways. And of course, it would take away from the fact that this was a woman who was in the medical profession in mm. the U.S. who was mistreated. And we can say arguably because of the color of her skin, because I've never heard of stories like this from white physicians. Mm -hmm. And how this maintains this notion that as black people, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, no matter what your educational level is, you are more at risk of being mistreated, even with an illness like COVID, than any other group. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, 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 but, that's my initial thoughts. Yeah. And, at least. So, and in, in um, building on that whole, let's say, well, we can still continue along that line. Of course, of course. The pandemic, we could say, things when something like that happened, an extreme, let's um, whether it's a pandemic or something that really affects society at large. Yeah, it oftentimes reveals on a greater scale what's already there. Hmm. It magnifies. So it, it magnifies the Very system. Good. It magnifies the weaknesses. Very good. And so, for example, in if we check. Um, North America, but particularly the United States, what they, the numbers about a million people mm -hmm. died of COVID, you mm -hmm. know, up to, to this date. Mm -hmm. But who was the main casualty? It, it was, you know, it was frontline people, it was which front were black people. people. Yeah. Now think about which this is, then. 
And the same thing in Canada. Yes, yeah, same thing. Yeah. So what we're saying is, remember, if black people are the main service people. Yes. So they're servicing whether it's hotels, PSWs, uh, PSW grocery workers, workers grocery nurses, workers. So they're, so they're yeah. people with the frontline people. Yes. So they're the ones then who are more likely to contract it because of their interaction with people constantly. Yes. yes. So now where many people have the opportunity to work from home. Yes. I was about to say, yeah. So then, so what I'm saying, it revealed the system. Yes. It revealed the weaknesses of the system. Yes. It revealed also the lack of opportunity. Yes. For for some people to kind of step out of certain and arenas. and even in that, mm -hmm. black people are also more likely to live in marginalized neighborhoods exactly. that are economically destitute, mm -hmm. that are food insecure, mm -hmm. and so and that are that are um, have situations of overcrowding, mm -hmm. whether it's in townhomes, whether it's in apartment buildings. So you add in now us being predominantly the frontline workers, mm -hmm. us being in precarious employment. Because mm -hmm. even in the frontline workers, if you have full-time permanent, you get sick days. Exactly. But if you don't, if and exactly. you work temporary contracts, if you work in more than one, let's say, nursing mm -hmm. home, my wife's mm -hmm. a nurse, mm -hmm. so she had many of her friends who had these experiences mm -hmm. where you had to quit one of your jobs because they were trying to um, reduce the mm -hmm. amount of um, transference mm -hmm. of the disease, which mm -hmm. I, I get it, but at the same time, well, you have to have an alternative for mm -hmm. our people in Ontario, in Montreal, mm -hmm. or in, uh, or I should say in Quebec and whatever respective province in Canada mm -hmm. or throughout the States. When you have that, all of that playing out as well as the environmental factors that makes black people even more prone or at more higher risk, yeah. more susceptible mm -hmm. to contracting the virus. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's is, I guess why I get now on one side, and this I think is a nice transition. I hope this is with the direction you're going why you have certain groups like for instance the uh, black scientists uh, mm -hmm. task force in mm -hmm. ontario yeah, I'm, aware of that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they have like a an equal one in montreal or in mm -hmm. edmonton mm -hmm. for instance mm -hmm. other black other um more uh, cities with large black populations i see why they came about because they're looking at this side of the coin mm -hmm. and saying well black people are more susceptible because mm -hmm. of these respective factors exactly. so it makes sense mm -hmm. i said okay mm -hmm. but then on the flip side i also get why people are saying, well, we're also hesitant about anything coming mm -hmm. from the government mm -hmm. because of a history of being lied to, mm -hmm. of being mistreated, mm -hmm. of having, uh, of, uh, when it comes to medical treatment, either it being withheld mm -hmm. or it being provided, but not in the way that's going to fully get you to recover or is going to even create further harm to you. So I also get why there's the vaccine hesitancy. Exactly. Exactly. So you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So even mm -hmm. in that, I get why, even if we're the frontline workers, why there's still people who are hesitant, who are go down in their grave and say, I'm not taking that vaccine mm. because of the historical consequences that have, as we've talked about in previous episodes, have not been recognized nor remedied or reconciled. And then we go back to, let's say, again, and this is where when I started out by saying we need to i learned personally to appreciate and learn from yes things i didn't want to hear yes things i might not have agreed with mm -hmm. but realizing no as i listen to that person i learned some things yeah so for example you talked about let's say the hesitancy you know we're aware of in in america the tuskegee experiments yeah we're aware of different experiments done on black people yep so people who go way back yeah you know, it's when I lived yep. in, for example, when I lived in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, the South was more prosperous than North Tulsa. 
Yeah. But when you spoke to people in North Tulsa, they had a history of the civil rights and and before civil rights. Mm-hmm. Think about this. Yeah. So some of them knew they had relatives who were enslaved. Yes. We're talking. So they 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 know that history. Yes. They were more hesitant to relate to people yeah. who were white. Some yeah. of them were still. They would never trust a white person. Yep. Yeah. And now, you, just, now think about that now. And they're justified in it. Because of what they what they actually experienced. They exactly. saw someone die. Exactly. Think about this. They saw a lynching. You see what yep. I'm saying? Yep. So they saw that. And so, you know, I didn't go, I didn't know what they were talking about because yep. I never saw that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. So, yep. so similarly, going fast forward here. So you mentioned something about, let's say, the hesitancy. That's what yeah. we're talking about, the true... Yep colors of the pandemic yeah it really did reveal that because let's say and you said it right where i had people i have people spoke to me reached out to me and actually yeah. said carl if i take and, and this is what yeah a personal experience i'm yep, not talking yep, about yep, hearsay yep call it more than a couple of people said but if i take that it's gonna damage my body yeah and we're not talking about someone who was laughing no we're talking There's someone who's serious very serious very good i don't want to do this i had another person say if i do this don't you know they they want to change the dna, DNA. in your body yes so now this yeah. is and this is someone people actually yeah. believe in this and and to be clear these and i'm going to presume mm-hmm. that these are people that are of various education very levels, yes right where phds or as yep. i call it penitentiary young degrees and old. right yep. young mm-hmm. and old mm-hmm. so this is not a respective demographic because people mm-hmm. often again mm-hmm. in part of their classes mm-hmm. sort of mentality do think well that's strictly the working class mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. uh conspiracy theories mm-hmm. oh they they kind of um rule them out right mm-hmm. or overlook what they're saying but i'm presuming at least and i can it see was. from personally yep. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people of all education level i've seen people with the highest levels of education who refuse to take that vaccine to this day mm-hmm. to this day they say nope i am not taking that vaccine because i do not believe that covid is as, as severe as people are making it out to be i believe it is a hoax i believe the vaccine is going to change my dna mm-hmm. it's going to do more harm for me than good mm-hmm. all of these different things mm-hmm. so i i also want to put that out there that this is not for a specific demographic of black people this is black people across, across the, the spectrum throughout Mm -hmm. the western Mm -hmm. world as well as in parts of africa as well as in parts in the caribbean i mean in jamaica i was reading an article there's still a significant part of the population in jamaica right i have family members who have talked about there's still a significant part of the population who don't want to take the vaccine because of believing it's the antichrist because of believing all of these issues this is not about whether that's right or wrong but it's recognizing that there are people this is real for people Mm. as you've said this is not a laughing matter for people people are not ha ha keen about it People are saying, no, over my dead body, then am mm-hmm. I going to take this vaccine? And we have mm-hmm. to recognize that a lot of this is as part of the consequences exactly. of perpetual lies and mistreatment of black people. Yes, even in the Caribbean, because people would say, but there's no white people in the Caribbean. You remember, the Caribbean had a long history of enslavement. Mm-hmm. Medical experimentation was a part of mm-hmm. the enslavement experience yep. of African people. Absolutely. And people don't think that left detrimental consequences, mm-hmm. mis- chronic mistrust of the government, including the medical system. Mm-hmm. When we understand all of the stuff that's happened in Canada, when it comes to the mistreatment, we talked about in the segment of black maternal health, mm-hmm. right? Black mothers who are not are mistrustful of physicians, not because they want to, but what else are you supposed to do when you've been wrong so many times? By by you by natural consequence, 
you want to protect yourself. So you're going to be that much more hesitant. You're going to be that much more skeptical, right? So this is also what people have to understand. It's a serious consequence that ends up manifesting because of wrongs that have not even been acknowledged. So then it's the, we could say, it's the fruit or the legacy of the, we could say, the perpetual injustice. Very good. Inequality. Yes. And so people being aware of that, oftentimes yeah. experiencing that, yeah. and then seeing the present circumstances yes. through those lenses. Yeah. And so let's, um, so that's where now even the vaccine mandate was, you know, it was fought. Was was a oh, yeah, fought with heavy uh, hand, vaccine yeah. hesitancy. Yeah. Um, but again, in looking at this, the color of racism. Mm -hmm. Again, we're still looking at that. Yep. 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 There is. Um, we could say we 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 saw that in the medical system. Mm -hmm. We saw that in um, even how I don't. Let's say New York, for example, there were mass graves. I don't know if you saw that. Mm. Where, where let's say, in in some cases, people of color felt that in the haste to um, to get to more worthy patients, mm -hmm. that other oftentimes black people were cast aside, were mm. not diagnosed, were not given the treatment or the chance mm. to survive. So again, we're talking about this, then for the for the vaccine. The, you're saying well, let's say yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Vaccine okay. Initially, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but also treatment, just the basic treatment. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were cast so aside. Yeah. They were cast aside. Same and thing was happening in Canada as same, well. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but we also saw, let's say, abroad, there were yeah. reports, let's say, in China. Yes. How think about this now? Again, in Wuhan. In Wuhan, China. So now, remember, black people. Black African students. Yep, Nigerian students, if I'm not mistaken. Was, were um, really, I think, were they were thrown out. thrown out of the country. Yeah, they were barred from restaurants. They were barred from going to places. Barred from their rooms, hotel yep. rooms, all those kind of things. Yep. For one thing only. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> now think about that, for their color. Yep. And so, again, that's all and, still and, a part and, of the color. And I also want to add into that, how do, how, do, how do we know that? Because there will be people who will say, no, 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 it had nothing to do with the color. I remember I was reading an article, and it came from, and it was written from, uh, yeah, it was written, I think, on ABC News, or what, but it was like a legitimate source, right? Or some element mm -hmm. of legitimate source that reported the um, incident in Wuhan, China. And how do we know, or how can we suspect that it was related to color? Because... The Nigerian students weren't the only foreigners mm -hmm. in, in China. The, in China, exactly. There was a white witness, for instance, a white man who was from, oh, where was it? Was he from the U.S. or Australia? From a Western nation. But it was a white man who even himself said that he was told that, okay, well, we're going to have to check you because, you know, if you're coming out of mm -hmm. country, mm -hmm. we're going to have to check you. So he went through the, pr the procedural process, but he was treated humanely. Mm -hmm. He wasn't tossed. He wasn't. Um, discriminated against, uh, I guess you could say, severely, he was still treated humanely. He was still able to stay where he was at. He, there were just certain restrictions that were natural of the Chinese government. But the Nigerian uh, uh, students were not given that opportunity. There was other non-African peoples in China in that respective province that were also not as treated as harshly as Nigerian students. So this is why by process of elimination, by ruling out those mm -hmm, respective mm -hmm, factors, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We can come to the conclusion that the only difference couldn't have been status. Mm -hmm. It had to be ethnicity slash color. color. 
And so I want people to know that because we're not just doing this to make everything quote unquote using the race card. There's legitimate process of trying to um, come up with this conclusion, right? Mm -hmm. We are trying to deduce in a logical and rational manner so that people can understand how insidious mm. this propaganda, this anti-African propaganda has been globally. We even see the same thing during the pandemic. I think it's a beautiful transition, even in talking about in the Ukraine. How on the earth, even in the Ukraine, mm -hmm. you're being attacked by Russia and you still have time to discriminate against the mm -hmm. African peoples who are at risk of being bombed the same way as you. Mm -hmm. You have time to discriminate. You have time to berate us and call us all these racial epithets. Congolese refugees, Nigerian um, residents, all these people from throughout the uh, throughout the continent, you have time to discriminate while we are just as much in danger as you are from being bombed. Now I get you want to look out for your peoples, mm -hmm. but shouldn't you be looking out for anybody who well, is in danger? Well, if you break that down a little bit more specifically, uh, for example, when uh, refugees, Ukrainian refugees, were um, trying to exit the country, let's yes. say to Poland. Yes. Um, I think you mean, let's say going on the bus. Yes, let's say going on the bus. Buses, that's, yes. Then the um, bus driver or the people who are in charge of the bus yeah. would basically be saying, okay, you come on, white Ukrainians, come on. Yeah, but, and we're talking about black Ukrainians were told to come off the, the bus. bus. Those who are on the bus, some yep. of them were told to come off some the bus. Some of whom were pregnant women. Yeah, think about that. Yes. So, so I think what's important about people say, well, why do you bring this up? Yeah. Well, the scourge of racism, if it's not identified, then you're not going to address it. Very good. But I think what it revealed, and you mentioned um, Wuhan, China, you, uh, China, excuse me, you mm -hmm. mentioned uh, Ukraine, Ukraine. Even in a pandemic, yeah. Even when people's lives are at risk. Are at risk. Yeah. Think about this now. You know, even when we're talking about death yeah. or a matter of life and death. Yes. The power of racism is still at work. The disease of racism. You see what I'm saying? So now, so I, saw, I think, so in other words, it's, well, what it reveals though, David, as yeah. you know, is that it's so... We could say it's so intrinsic. It's so, you know, it's, you know, it's so ingrained, we yes. could say. Yes, that we could. What reveals it is that even when it's life and death, yeah. it's still at work. See yep. that? So it's still killing people. It's still hurting people. Yep. It's still dividing people. And devaluing and so, and people. Still de exactly. Yep. Or, or still showing the value of certain people. Very good. And so um, in people, in some so, people's eyes. So, you know, it, so in that same breath, and again, the irony of this idea of the vaccines when it comes to black people, because in Canada, because um, I really want to highlight a lot of these atrocities have also taken place in Canada. This is why the Black Scientist Task Force came mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. in Ontario. There's been articles written about black people being disproportionately um, affected mm -hmm. in places like Montreal, for instance, in mm -hmm. neighborhoods like Low Burgundy, mm -hmm. which is a very poor um, and economically disadvantaged neighborhood in uh, Montreal. When they came with the vaccine, initially, again, because black people, many black people were very hesitant, right, to take the vaccine, a lot of the government peoples were, has, were you know, were ambivalent about, mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. do we give them the vaccine because you guys are more mm -hmm. at risk of getting the disease or do we hold back? It was almost as if either way they were at loss, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, they would look at it and say, well, look, we're trying to help you. But it goes back to our earlier point. Well, this is what happens, when you lie to a people for so long, 
we are we are at detriment either way we look at it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. either we are going to yes you know um take a vaccine because of all let's say the reports that say all the mm-hmm. good you know mm-hmm. all the good mm-hmm. things about the vaccines but we feel like we're compromising our values yeah. but then we don't take the vaccine and then we're at higher risk of health complications mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. either way we're at risk. And that cognitive dissonance that takes place, which for people who don't understand cognitive dissonance, it's when you have conflicting beliefs fighting mm-hmm. against one another. Yeah. The pain that results as a result, you know, that pain that results from that is so excruciating for black people. And that is literally black people's lives is we're at risk of cognitive dissonance because we know there's certain decisions we have to make that we think in our mind are probably for the for, for you know for the good mm-hmm. but then we're conflicted because we're like but you've lied to me so many yeah. times how can i trust you so why do i bring that up because when it came to whether or not black people should be the let's say the first group but naturally speaking if there's any other group let's say that was at risk we would of course say if mm-hmm. on the outside looking in well of course that group should get it first because they're more mm-hmm. at risk mm-hmm. frontline workers getting the vaccine first makes sense, makes sense as you and i talked about they're the most at risk out uh the the elderly Makes sense. They're the most at risk. Mm-hmm. Some thought, well, they're using the elderly for uh, as guinea pigs for the vaccines. Mm-hmm. That's there's controversy around that. Sure, that's what people have said. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they're more at risk, we want to give them the antidote, right? The next group, the indigenous peoples, right? They said, well, they're the most at risk, unfortunately, because of the legacy of colonialism mm-hmm. that has drastically affected indigenous people, where they are in Canada the the, the most unhealthiest people, not by nature. But because of systemic neglect, they are the unhealthiest people mm. in Canada in every single round. They have the lower life expectancy in comparison to any other group in Canada. Wow. Right? So in understanding that, okay, by logic, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then next would be black people. But this is where the controversy comes, even with indigenous peoples. Some indigenous peoples were, con- were, were a bit um, conflicted, but a lot of them decided to take it. Right? Because similar to some black people in the States, they said, well, for so long they've restricted us or matter of fact, they've uh, um, prevented us from getting medical treatment. So some indigenous yeah. peoples, and I know because I lived amongst yeah. some of them when I used to live in the mm-hmm. Yukon, we're like, no, we're going to take it. We don't trust the government. We don't trust them with anything. Right. So we're going to take it just because we at least want our people to be healthy. I get it. But you have some other black people who, again, were hesitant just because of our history of being medically experimented on. Mm. And how then when we were the first group, when we were one of the prioritized groups, when it came to the vaccine, I seen some black people who were still hesitant because they're like, well, why are you using us as guinea pigs again? Mm-hmm. It brings back trauma. Mm-hmm. Me from a psychotherapist lens, I can see that that is a trigger for trauma. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a trigger for feeling like you're being re-victimized. Even if you're in a case where actually, technically, according to what the science says, receiving an antidote, technically, I'm not saying that's my point of view or not. But even in a situation like that, you feel like you're being re-victimized because it's coming from the people who you've had to miss, who have uh, uh, um, betrayed your trust for so many years. Mm-hmm. So all of that to say, it is such a complicated conversation that neither side is wrong. And I guess this is where some of my debates have come, if I'm being honest, with some of the, let's say, motives of the Black Scientist Task Force. And I'll say it, and I, and I, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned it in conversation with people. My issue isn't what they're... Um, what their end goal is or what their objective is, of course, to make sure black people mm-hmm. are not being mm-hmm. neglected, to make sure that there is health equity. I get that. But my issue is is when we're not taking the time to prioritize understanding and empathizing with black people who are not going to okay, take the you. vaccine. I got you. 
and empathizing with them and saying, okay, you know what? I can understand that decision and not trying to guilt trip them. I got you. You but see I, what I'm saying? I hear you. But I think when I, in my um, interaction with people who have helped, you know, yeah. um, some people were connected to that uh, black, uh, yeah. black doctors and yeah. scientists. What I appreciated about them and some of the um, virtual calls that I was yeah. in on was exactly the motivation you've communicated. Yeah. Which was this, is understanding history. Mm. I actually heard them yeah. refer specifically yep, yep. They have, to they history. Have. They have. And actually um, communicating the concerns and trying to be, you know, empathetic. Yes. To communicate, well, you know what, we, we understand it, but this is... For your benefit. I yes. think I kind of appreciated that for the most and, part. And I do too. And I appreciate them saying this is for mm -hmm. your benefit. But you have to understand also yeah. that there's still going to be some go. people. Yes. That are going to say, well, how do you know that? Yeah. And still be, in a sense, still be conciliatory. You know, still be Very warm. Good. You know, yes. still be an encourager to them. Does and that make, you know, and, so, and that's yeah. it. And I guess there's, and, and I'm not going to speak for every single, you know, mm -hmm. uh, member. Because I've talked, you know, talked with some of them. Some of them I do mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Um. It's just in certain conversations that I've been privy, privy to, there's almost this level of, I guess you could say, pretentiousness when it comes to especially educating some of the, I guess, more uneducated or less educated members of our community who are even more strong in their resistance. Mm -hmm. There's almost this, you give the explanation, well, I want you to be healthy. And they're saying, well, no. And they, yes, we'll come at it with these, I guess you could say, in some ways, archaic ideologies of, um, this being a part of the Antichrist mm -hmm. and all of mm -hmm. these things uh, that this is going to harm black people. I get it. And I call arcade because people have said many things are part of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. But it's almost when there's that resistance, they almost look down and say, oh my gosh, what's wrong with these black people? I see. This is what I, I some of the things I've heard. And for me, that's an issue. I think so. I think um, as we wrap this up, I think yeah. what you've communicated, and, I think, and rightfully so, is regardless. Yes. Show respect. Thank you. And I, I like that. Show respect. And as we close this, in this, the, the colors of the pandemic, I should have said this at the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning of the pandemic, David, I, I'm sure you might be aware of this. I was listening to a conservative talk show. Yeah. And they were actually bringing this up. It was a, I think it was a medical doctor on and of a certain community vaccinated right at the beginning when Jane and Finch had not even 2%. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> talk you, about the colors. But but, you know? you, but but then you see it comes right back to what I was saying. Was that because black people were being hyper vigilant? Mm -hmm. Like, because you know, Jane Finch is not solely a black no, neighborhood, not. but it's predominantly yeah. right. Was it that black people were and, and people of color in general? Because there's people of, throughout the mm -hmm. color spectrum, right? Filipinos, yes, some mm -hmm. Chinese, yes, some mm -hmm. Indians, mm -hmm. etc. Was it that they're being hyper vigilant, and that's why there was such a low percentage? No, the of, thing and that no, this person brought some, out okay. is that they were. It was. They had the access very early. Key yes. decision makers, influencers yeah. brought, made sure yes. the resources <laughs> were brought into that so, community so, very early. So then there's that, right? Yeah. So there's the access to resources. But then there, I've also concurrently heard and read stories, let's say in certain countries in Africa, where... They, for one, are, yes, neglected of the resources mm -hmm. of the vaccines, right? They're mm -hmm. the least, uh, they're, they have been the ones who have not received the amount of uh, vaccines mm -hmm. that are necessary. Same thing with parts of the Caribbean. However, you have some countries who have, who have rejected and said, we don't want them gotcha. because we still don't believe in the virus. I got you. So then you see how both things are at play. And this is the challenge because you have the under-resourced communities who are not even getting the medical treatments like the vaccines available to them. So yes, but at the same time, if you were to make available to some of them 
there would still be the vaccine hesitancy to even get it. For example, Jamaican Canadian Association in Toronto, they had access to it. They had to go on a campaign to say, yes. we have gotten these vaccines. Yeah. Come and take them. And you still have some black people like, are you crazy? You're mad, right? I'm not taking it, right? Gotcha. Gotcha. So this is why there's two things at play as to what gotcha. is leading to gotcha. this well under-resource, mm -hmm. but also hypervigilance. Excellent. Very good. Well, trust you enjoyed uh, today's episode of Rebuilding the Black Family, speaking about the colors of the pandemic. And thanks again for joining us. And remember, it is the truth that makes you free. Join us again on another episode of Rebuilding the Black Family. See you next time.